When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, Ag Direct can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. Marcus and Sean Hackett. This edition of Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For, for more information, go to axontire.com. Axon Tire would like to give the loyal listeners of the Moving Iron Podcast a free Alliance baseball cap. If you like one of those, send an email to marketing at axontire.com and they will send that to you in the mail. This includes your details at marketing at axontire.com and you'll get that in the mail. Also, if you're planning on attending the Moving Iron Summit, I got 50 good reasons for you to check that out. Axon Tire is going to give you the first 150 people a $50 discount uh, for their registration feed for that. So go to movingironllc.com in the upper right corner, click on the 2023 Moving Iron Summit, and there's the registration details right there. So check that out. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs at Valley Transportation. Our goal is to help you reach yours. Powered by Farm Credit, AgDirect is built for today's agriculture with simple applications, quick responses, competitive rates, and generous, flexible terms. AgDirect offers buy, lease, and refinance options for almost all types of new and used equipment, non-recourse, and timely funding back to the dealership, plus sales incentives. No other ag equipment lender works like AgDirect. Learn more by calling your AgDirect territory manager or 888 
525-9805 or visit agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the trust, industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctional pricing insights. This podcast is also brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. Their Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience to transform how you work today. Sean Hackett is with Hackett Financial out of Boca Raton, Florida. He's nice enough to come on and talk about what's happening in the marketplace. So, Sean, how are you doing this morning? I'm good, Casey. Real good. After you listen to me read those 62 times, you probably have them memorized now, don't you? Um, I have I have them sworn to memory, yes. <laughs> uh, technical difficulties, I love them. They're the best thing <laughs> on the planet. Sean, there is a, there's a bit of a war raging out there for acres right now, I guess, as you take a look at what's going on. We've, we've talked about that here over the last couple of podcasts about the food, food versus fuel Um a war that we see coming up here and, and the battle for those acres. And then you start throwing in um, renewable fuels on top of that. And you start looking around um, a couple of those that, that have me thinking about what's going to happen here in the next, you know, this year, all the way through the next five years, kind of what, where do we end up at? What's that look like is, is, is ethanol. We'll start there first. So if you're looking at ethanol and you're, and you're really taking a long-term look and, Looking at government policies that are out there and and the various um, incentives based around electric cars and those kind of things, if if those if that continues to work the way that we see it, it planning on working and how the government has it planned on working and how um, these various industries start to come in, fuel gasoline fuel costs or fuel supplies are going to shrink simply because of the fact that less people are driving, so demand is going to go down. So so supplies are going to go down. So that's going to have a, a direct effect on what we see happen with ethanol. Thinking about that, Sean, where where do you think that puts you know corn at, and how how much how much more dynamically does that change the corn market as we start looking at how ethanol plays into that? Well, let's say let's say that if over the next ten years that we lose half the demand for ethanol through a gradual reduction in consumption of gasoline versus electric cars, or just less driving, or whatever um you know remember that um i think we we crunch what five billion bushels of corn give or take maybe 5.3 um a third of that still is used as ddgs as a as food replacement so we don't it's not a total takeaway there is some so you're 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 essentially if you if you took half of it away um that means that that about you know three billion bushels of corn um let's put it this way let's say two to two and a half billion bushels of corn would be at risk of being lost from consumption over the next 10 years so it's not a you know a blunt instrument it's sure. a gradual work down over time but but we would lose two billion bushels worth of, worth of demand now can we find a way to use ethanol in other ways that can make up for that loss of demand is there ways that we can use that corn and export that much more or find other ways to use corn that can make up that two or two and a half billion bushels of lost demand? You know, that's the challenge and the you know to the corn industry is what do we do with a loss of two to two and a half billion bushels worth of corn demand over the next 10 years? How do we make that up so that we don't we're not sitting with too much corn? Obviously, um if this renewable diesel push is successful, maybe that solves the problem. 
Casey, if you really think it through, right? I mean, in the long run, because when you the numbers suggest that if all the mandates that the, that the, that the states have already said they want, the mandates that the U.S. government says it wants, um, where we ultimately want to go with renewable diesel, that we would need 14 million extra acres of soybeans to be planted to meet the raw crushing demand of raw soybeans to make bean oil. That's what the numbers say. Where's that coming from? You know, is it wheat? Wheat's already at record low acres. Cotton, I mean, well, conceivably, we could get them from corn acres if we didn't need all those corn acres, if that ethanol demand went down. Maybe, you know, that's one way to resolve the problem simply by producing less corn on less acres. But that's the problem. What the problem is, ethanol is a slow decline. This renewable diesel is a blunt instrument, meaning we're coming in like running the market on fire here for the next couple of years. Um, and we're not going to see ethanol demand drop off that much. So I think in the long run, you know, there probably is a way to ma match the two, but in the short run, we have way, way too much need for soybeans and we're not going to lose enough ethanol demand to be able to accommodate. And so it's, it, it creates one heck of an issue of food versus fuel. What comes first, the chicken or the egg kind of a scenario of what happens if we have, you know, significant increase in food inflation later on in 23 and 24 because of this renewable diesel craze. And if for by chance this is the year that the Gleisberg cycle triggers um, and we have a poor soybean crop, now what do we do? You know, uh, a lot of unanswered questions. I actually asked um, Ag Secretary Vilsack a few weeks back. He was at a Farm Foundation meeting that I attended. And I actually asked him a direct question about this. And he really didn't give me a very much of an answer at all, other than, you know, we're just going to, you know, grow our way into it, oh, which was, which Good is point. a nice way of saying is they really haven't thought it through. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's a, that's always a good plan. We'll just figure it out as we go. That makes sense. Yeah, we're just, we're, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll grow our way into it. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. But, um, okay. So, yeah. So those, those 14 million, if I just, I use 14 million acres. Like you talked about there, and I just figured at 180 uh, bushels an acre, and that's two and a half billion bushels. So if you if you do the math on that, that that, that slowly creeps out. But then you start looking at um, from a that's a whole industry though that's going to go away that we've had uh, a big reliance on for for. I mean, I, I guess you could say you're going to replace that that industry with with additional uh crush units and those kind of things that are out there so i mean i guess it all kind of works itself out well i mean i i have no doubt we could find other ways to use corn um we always are creative and finding ways of other ways we can do things and maybe this renewable diesel push if it if it actually becomes a part of our uh, energy strategy in the long run you know, will take some acres away from corn but you know we definitely need to figure out uh this transition away from ethanol to something else, you know, we need to be thinking about it now before, while we still have plenty of demand before you don't want to wait, you know, until, Oh my gosh, what do we do? You know, we have too much corn. We haven't thought this through. I mean, time to think about it is well in advance. So by the time we get to the point where we lose all this ethanol demand, we've already had many other things we've done. So it's not such a hard landing transition, you mm -hmm. know? All right. So the other thing I was thinking about with, um, with the biodiesel demand and what that looks like and how that plays out. Do you think um, 
our soybean market turns into something similar to like our sugar market where we're growing just enough sugar to to maintain what we need to have in the US and if we need to go out to the open market to grab some cuz we had a short a short season or something like that we do that does our soybean marketplace become a, a closed loop system that the the beans that we grow stay here and and it's all vertically integrated into our industry the answer is that's where we're heading. We're heading to where we're not going to be a major exporter of raw soybeans. Um, we're not going to be an exporter of bean oil. We'll be a huge export of bean meal because we're going to produce way too much of it. Yeah. Um, so we're going to actually what we're going to do is we're going to transfer our huge soybean sales for bean meal sales, um, and then you have to try to figure out how is that going to work with Argentina, who's always had the top spot for that. And it's a big, big change in the global marketplace of how everything gets done. And if, if the market loses the raw soybean supply from the U S you know, it's going to take a while to figure that out. Yeah. Other countries are going to have to work on crushing uh, capabilities that they don't currently have. Um, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a, a big change, but yeah, we were going to be uh, significantly getting removed from the export market, which uh, could be chaotic because we know the only other country that really surprised raw soybeans is Brazil. And if, let's say our, our soybean exports get cut in half next couple of years, which I think is very realistic, at least in half, what happens yeah. to the people that have been beg- that that have been looking for our raw soybeans? If they can't get it from us, can Brazil make enough of it? I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's going to be it's going it, to it's going to be a, a, a uncharted waters, um, and and there's going to be holes in the system as we try to figure out a totally new way of interacting with the U.S. being out of the soybean export market, but being in the bean meal export market. And for vegetable oil, if the U.S. is out of selling bean oil to the rest of the world in any shape, way, or form, then how does the rest of the world handle that? It's, you know, and countries like Indonesia also are, are having big, big renewable diesel push from palm oil. So the whole vegetable oil thing, it's... It's obviously a very supportive situation for grains overall because what's good for soybeans and soybean acres and you know it's good for other grains because we're going to have to give some acres to them. It really creates a very bullish d- dynamic fundamentally taking weather completely off the table in isolation. This is a this is like the ethanol push of the 2000s that really overran the market and totally turned supply demand upside down and create that huge move higher in grains. I feel like renewable diesel, if we follow through, is creating another window where it's going to take a decade to kind of figure that out. Yeah. Okay. So now the next obvious question to ask is, okay, so we're looking through all the stuff. We've changed these things around. We start looking at um, the num- the amount of corn that we're, that we're moving off uh, into um, uh, other, th- other things other than that. So you start talking about the the battle for um, you know feed for for animals, and you start looking at soybean meal is not necessarily the best thing for cattle per se, but it's all you know it's good for hogs and it's good for dairy and those kind of things. But overall, just cattle feed. I mean, it's not it's not that best of not that big of a deal. So you start looking at possibly having some some feed cost issues that we're going to start seeing for the cattle producer out there. So I mean, looking at that, Sean, how do you how does that play into what you're thinking about? I'm sorry, you broke up there a little bit. What was that again? Sorry, just so that, how, how, that? Does, how does feed 
the animal feed side of it break into this if you start removing corn acres from the overall marketplace? Well, remember, this is not just corn acres we're going to lose, right? I mean, you're not going to get 14 million right. acres from corn. Right. You're going to get it some from corn, some from wheat, some from cotton, some from, uh, you know, uh, hay, air, you know, ground. Some, you know, I mean, areas that are that, that could grow. I mean, we're going to lose acres from everywhere you can to, to feed this, and that means that you know a lot of that those acres that are reliant upon silage. They're relying upon alfalfa and hay, you know, that are suitable. Not all ground is suitable, but they're suitable enough. I mean, those acres that could go over if the price is right and it pencils out, we're going to, those acres are going to go there. And then you say, okay, well, what does that mean for the long-term, you know, cost of feed for growing cattle? And, and how does that work? You know, already we're dealing with you know, a, a building cattle shortage, a building beef shortage already. And if, but if, but if we're not going to get the typical up and down, movement in feed prices like we've been accustomed to, then you know, what kind of a permanent level do we need in cattle to make all this work? Once again, food versus fuel, it's going to be a huge debate. I always feel in the end the food wins out, but it takes a crisis sometimes to shift gears and say, okay, well, you know, maybe fossil fuels aren't so bad for right now because we got to put food on the table because they're not going to vote for me in this next election because they're starving. You know, I mean, that's, you know, you know, Casey, you've done the research too. When you, when, you, when you run out of food, politicians run out of votes. They do, typically. That's a pretty good correlation yeah. between those two things. Yeah. Sometimes they get overthrown, so it's even worse. And they oftentimes run out of uh, time. Yeah, very true. Very true. All right, Sean. Man, yeah, that was a good one, man. That was a lot of information there, a lot of stuff to think about. So if folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what you're doing over at Hacker Financial, what's the best way to do that? Our website is Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. Lots of information on there about our weather algorithm, capital flows algorithm, ways we do things um, to look at the future of prices um, to see if what we do might be of value to your listeners. Right on. I am Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also go to uh, LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast and check out the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel for the video version of this, which is just a Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. Check that out. You can also go to Moving Iron LLC for everything Moving Iron related. Check that out there. And you can go see, uh, make sure you check out Sean's website. There's plenty of stuff over there to uh, to baffle your mind and fill you full of questions for the next time that we have Sean Hackett on the Moving Iron Podcast. And if you got a question for Sean, send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast, MovingIronPodcast.com, or hit me up at any one of those socials there, direct message me, and I will make sure to ask that question next time he's on. So, Sean, appreciate you being the podcast, man. Thanks, Casey. See you next time. Yeah, you're on your worldwide tour here going going all over the place. So, so Calgary, uh, uh, Calgary later this week, and then finally back home again. Nice. There you so. go. So, you're going to go from, so you do it backwards. People from Canada go to Florida. For the winter, you go from Florida to, but you used to do it backwards. I'm a contrarian, always happen. Go against the grain, baby. But everybody wins that way. All right. <laughs> With that, I'm Casey Seymour, Sean Hackett, Smooth Smart, folks. Out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online to agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. 
TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's IronComps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hard work 